0: We do love uh, having you here with us today, and as Steve has already mentioned, my name is Paul Mumaw, and I'm the lead pastor here at Genesis. And uh, if this is your first time with us, welcome! And uh, I think today is going to be really cool, as you get to just hear a a pretty awesome story about how great our God is, and some of the things that He's been doing in our church uh, over the last couple of years. Now, the last time that I sat at this uh, table with someone, well, she was a lot prettier than you, Um, (laughs) but I'm stuck with Steve today. My wife was up here with me a few weeks ago. Uh, You might, you might, you might. Might remember, but we're doing this thing today that we're just simply calling 748, where uh, we want to look at the last couple of years, and again, just over and over again, uh, some of the great things, the great work uh, that God has been doing through our church, through Genesis Church. And uh, one of the things that we thought might be real helpful today is to just kind of tell you a little bit of our story and how Genesis Church started nine, ten years ago. But got to thinking, I'm not really the most qualified to do that because I've only been here for about four years. Steve's been here for about. 9. And so uh, we just thought for the benefit of everyone, Steve might tell you a little bit about Genesis story. Yeah, sure. I've
1: only been on staff here at Genesis for a year. Uh, Actually, it won't be a year for another two weeks. It'll be a year that I've been on staff. But I've been with the church as an elder, a volunteer, a tender for over nine years, as Paul said. And the idea for Genesis Church was planted in the heart of a man named Justin Davis. Justin was a, a youth pastor down in Nashville, Tennessee, but he was from this area, from central Indiana, and really felt called to come back here and plant a new church. Uh, A church that would be different, you know, a church that would focus on authentic relationships. A church where helping people find their way back to God was the mission statement. And it all started with 12 people meeting in the clubhouse of an apartment building uh, right here in Noblesville, between Noblesville and Westfield. And uh, it started there. Uh, and through that and they developed a relationship with bridgeway community church Now many of you may know bridgeway Bridgeway's down in fishers And it's a great church down there and bridgeway allowed genesis to use their building For some sunday night preview services and this is where I first uh, Discovered genesis and one of the preview services and my wife loved it and I thought eh, it's okay, you know, and uh But but she loved it and she started praying right away for us to go there But through that relationship with bridgeway Uh, Bridgeway is a church plant from grace community church uh, over here in noblesville And uh, so we developed a relationship with grace community church and genesis started having services the first regular weekend services happened at grace community church now they were on a saturday night uh, And they were in a sunday school room that was used on sunday mornings for a hispanic church And, And so there were a lot of signs around the room in spanish uh, which we didn't really understand exactly what they meant, uh, but it really lent an international flair to Genesis services. It was really cool. Uh, there were 30 or 35 people meeting there when we started coming on a regular basis to Genesis, and it was, it was really neat. But, but the church, even in this little Sunday school room, uh, started to grow, and it became apparent in not too much time that we needed a bigger space to meet. And so uh, in 2003, we moved to a space called the Arbitorium, Now, the Arbitorium, if you're not from Noblesville, if you're not a local, was a banquet hall. And it was the largest banquet hall in Noblesville at the time. Uh, Maybe the only banquet hall in Noblesville, but it was certainly the largest. And they had all kinds of great events there. But the deal with the Arbitorium was this. Like, uh, we could go set up on Sundays, and as long as there wasn't a banquet during the week, we could leave our stuff set up. Well, it was a banquet hall. And so there was always a banquet during the week, you know, and mostly on Saturday nights there would be a wedding or, or uh, they had all, because it was the largest banquet hall, they had like the mayor's ball and all kinds of fundraisers there. And so usually that meant Sunday morning we had to get there early and set up all of our stuff for church with a faint smell of liquor in the air. And so, in fact, I remember one time uh, that the Arbitorium applied to renew its liquor license. And so as you're required to do when you apply for a liquor license, they had to post on the front door that this business was applying for a new liquor license. And so for about three weeks, we had to explain to people why a church might need a liquor license as people were coming in. Now,
0: some would say that that might be a great church growth strategy for some churches. We did
1: attract a different crowd at that time, and so it was interesting. (laughs) But but it it was a great place, and in fact, we as a church... I wonder uh, how many people came to Genesis Church while we were at the Arbitorium, or even before that at Grace maybe. There, there's a few hands in the room, so there's a few of the, uh, us old-timers that are here. Uh, long-timers, not old-timers, long-timers. long-timers. Um, and so we love this place. We love the building. We love the location. We felt like we were called to downtown Noblesville, and in fact, so much that we tried to buy the building. Uh, The owner wanted 2.1 million dollars for it, which even today seems exorbitant for that building Uh, But we really wanted it and so we did a uh, a campaign and we raised a million dollars in pledges And uh, it's a really an amazing story. Obviously, we're not there And it's an amazing story how we didn't get that building, but I believe god really protected us In fact, if genesis church had bought that building, we wouldn't be a church today. I think and so We needed a new place to meet and so in 2005, the church moved to Cary Ridge Elementary School in Westfield. And uh, this is where the art of setup and teardown became a science, okay, because not only could we never leave anything set up, we couldn't even leave our stuff on the school property. And so early Sunday morning, we had to go hitch up two trailers, drag them over to the school, unload everything, do two services, and then uh, pack everything back up and be out of the school by 1 p.m. And so... There are a lot of people that look back on this time as a time of, of uh, it, it just really great times. You know, it's like uh, we were setting up and tearing down and moving chairs and moving stuff in and out. And, and it was really neat that there were a lot of great relationships formed at that time. But even today, I've got a couple friends that are church planners that meet in schools, and I'll go to see them and I'll think, oh man, I have such great memories. I'm so glad I'm not you. Like, I mean, I don't want to ever have to do that again. And, and so uh, it was a great time at Carry Ridge, uh, but we outgrew that space. I wonder, though, how many of you uh, started coming to Genesis when we were at Cary Ridge Elementary? Any Cary Ridge? Some Cary Ridge people in the room. All right. Well, in 2007, as we began to grow, actually the end of 2006, our lead pastor at the time, Jeff Smith, and our leadership team realized that we needed something permanent. Like we needed a place of our own, and it was time we settled down. you know we were getting older as a church, and so we looked at some unconventional places, uh, but none were really more unconventional than this place. I mean it was an old warehouse uh, that had been converted into retail space and it was it was drafty, it was old, it was big, it was unfinished, but we really felt like it was perfect um and so we uh, made a deal to move into this space. And I wonder how many people first started coming to Genesis uh, while we were meeting in this warehouse, probably most of the room then. So, right? Yeah. And so in 2008, then uh, Paul Moonwell came on staff. Paul, you, you came on staff and the church continued to grow.
0: Yeah. And not because of me. But... Well, yeah, that's uh, obviously. All right. Yes. Okay. But uh, uh, I mean, I was going to say that, but so. because God was doing you know some really cool things. And you know, as you You know hear our story. I mean god has a plan for this church. He's got a great plan for this church It's beyond anything, you know that any of us could imagine and so, you know We came to genesis and it wasn't too long You know the church was growing and the elders really felt this tension that you know We're starting to outgrow the size of this facility and and is there enough space and I mean we love being here And and this church says so much about who we are and the type of church that we want to be and we feel called here But but we were running out of room I mean we were running out of room for new people and we were running out of room for for our children and for our growing uh, student ministry and all that. And so so we needed more space. But at the same time, we felt like some of those things that really made Genesis special, you know, the the smaller church feel, the more intimate worship settings, you know, this sort of authenticity that we were striving for, that, you know, that could be jeopardized as we continue growing. And so uh, we went off on a retreat together. Our elders did in, um, what was it, January of 2010, just to basically ask this question. I mean, how do we grow? How do we help people find their way back to God, but maintain some of those things that really make Genesis Church special? And I mean, that's a real challenge because, you know, again, you know, we want to grow. I mean, we feel like that's what we're called to do. The Bible instructs us to grow as a church, but is there a way of growing big, but yet staying small at the same time? And so as we came out of that retreat and as we've been praying, we, we concluded a couple of things. We, we really believe that God was leading us in a couple of directions. First, that we needed to maximize the use of this facility to its greatest potential. You know, that we needed to add more seats in the auditorium, that we needed to build out the rest of the square footage in this building, that we needed more flex space, that we needed more room for, you know, student ministry and ministries and connection groups that were meeting, you know, throughout the week. So we needed to do this. But the second part of that was we believe that God was calling us leading us to be a multi site church, to be one church in multiple locations. That that would allow us to continue growing, but yet as much as possible maintain a smaller size of sorts, again, you know, for that that intimate setting. But there's a problem. There's a problem with that. All of that required money. All right. And we didn't have a great pile of cash lying around. And, you know, I mean, we were financially stable as a church. But I mean, this was a big step to take. And, you know, we were committed to not taking on any debt in the process. And so about 748 days or so ago, uh, we came before you as a church and we talked about this thing called next. You know, we just ask the question, God, what do you want to do next through our church and how can we come together, you know, around your leadership and do the things that you've called us to? And so we challenge you to step up as a church and to give over and above your regular gifts. And, well, here's the thing. Now, over two years later, do you know that you as a church have given $540,000 over and above regular giving? I I just think that's something we're celebrating here today. You know, I mean, we like to say that Genesis Church is a generous church because it's true. I mean, you are a generous church and and that's what we believe that our God has called us to be as a church. And and again, that's something to celebrate. And so in in thinking about the success of next and thinking about where we've come and, and over two years now, you know, we decided we thought it would make a lot of sense to spend some time today looking back to celebrate some of those things that God has been doing at Genesis over the last... 748 days, give or, days, take, few, give or yeah, take or yeah. so, uh, you know, these last two years. Now,
1: it might seem strange to stop here and celebrate. In fact, after all, we've not even launched our second campus yet, right? I mean, it's next week, and, and there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of people to be reached. There's a lot of volunteers to recruit. But, but I was reminded recently that, like, the work doesn't have to be done for us to celebrate, In fact, Mark Thomas, who's one of our elders, reminded me recently of a passage from the book of Ezra about celebrating. And so if you have your Bibles, you might open them there to Ezra chapter 3. We're going to look at this passage for a minute. But but here's the story. The nation of Israel is in exile. You know, they've been gone for a while and the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed uh, and including the temple where they went to worship. And in fact, if you remember our Nehemiah series that we did not long ago, uh, Nehemiah and Ezra were contemporaries. And so Nehemiah felt a call to come back and rebuild the walls around the city. Well, at the same time, there was a group of people that were rebuilding the temple for a place to worship. And so as they did that, once the foundation was laid, they stopped to celebrate. And so we'll pick up that story in Ezra 3, uh, verse 10. It says, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priest in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, he is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. You know, so, so now we're here. Our second campus isn't open yet, but we're already thinking about three and four. And Paul, the vision you've laid out for us is 20 new things in 20 years. And that might be campuses, church plants, partnerships, all kinds of things can be included in that. But 20 new things in 20 years, we're we're at the very beginning of this journey. But but here's the truth. The the foundation has been laid. I mean, God has laid the foundation for who we're gonna be in the church. And we have a biblical example in the book of Ezra that that once the foundation's laid, we need to stop and celebrate. And so today we're just going to take some time to celebrate the work that God's done in our church over the last seven hundred and forty eight days or so, give Good or take. Day. Yeah, Thank give or day. take. Uh, and we need to give some shouts of praise to God today. And so I hope that you'll join us in doing that as we go through some your your week whatever Get to celebrate. All we're doing this church forty eight. And
0: one of the ways that we want to celebrate today, I mean one of the places we want to begin is we think about people. Yeah, you know, I mean, as we think about you and how you've come to be a part of this church, maybe over the last couple of years, the people that have been reached, the people who have surrendered their lives to Jesus, or maybe, you know, asking some questions in their life for the very first time. You know, when we started talking about next in May of 2010, we were averaging around 400 people a Sunday in attendance. And now today, you know, 748 days or so later, we're averaging anywhere between 600 and 700 people on Sundays. And in fact, over the last couple of years, we've had some holiday weekends where We've had over a thousand people here, you know, at church on a Sunday morning, and and what have we done to accommodate for this growth? Well, you know, we've maximized, you know, the seating in this auditorium. We've added seats to this auditorium, but you might remember we also went from two services to three services, and uh, you know, we used to do this little thing around here called the eight thirty a.m. service. We like we tried that; it was like me and five other people on Sunday mornings, <laughs> and uh, and so we did this, and we discovered that it wasn't really working, and so we added a twelve o'clock service. And you thought we were crazy. I thought we were crazy, all right, and just lied about it, all right? But we added this 12 o'clock service. And you know what? Here's the thing. People come every single week. We have a crowd of people that come at 12 o'clock and 1030 and 9 o'clock every single week. You know, people like this young couple that I met out in the cafe a couple of weeks ago. I, I somehow found myself behind the info hub counter. I wasn't preaching, which do I preach around here anymore? Yeah, I, I'm not really week. sure. But next, next, week. next week, yes. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm behind the info hub counter, and this young couple just comes walking up. I get to talking to them and just ask them you know, how did you find Genesis? And they said, you know, we drive by here every day. We see the flags up on Sunday morning. We thought we'd stop and check it out. And and, and, and that story just never gets old. I mean, if you hear that story over and over again about people just driving by and
1: stopping in. Yeah, I, ha- I had one last week. I met a guy who was here for, I think, only the second time. And he's from Carmel. And he came to Noblesville. And he heard in the service that we're starting a Carmel campus. And he said, well, where is that going to be? And so I gave him the location, 13200 Old Meridian Street. It's right on the roundabout at Main Street and Old Meridian. I've got kind of the thing down now so I can tell him where it is. He says... That's like right right around the corner from my my apartment. I mean, I live in the apartments just down right across the street from there. And so just really cool to hear people, like God's still bringing people here who are going to find
0: a new home here. And so that's neat. I mean, we're celebrating people, you know, people that you've invited. I mean, your friends and family, your neighbors, the people that you work with. I mean, it's the people that have been on our website and just heard about this place. It's, you know, again, well, it's people like Joel and Megan. You know, I I got an email. It was back a couple of months ago and it was a Saturday night. I opened this email. I was kind of getting ready for the next day and the email just said, hey, my name is Joel. Um, I found your name and email on your website. My wife and I would like to visit your church tomorrow. I've got a couple of questions for you. And this first question was, first of all, what should we call you? Like pastor or reverend or most high one yeah. or you know whatever that. And, and the second one was you know I see that you have three services we don't know which one we should attend can you tell us? And then the third question was uh, what should we wear? Now I just sort of chuckled about these questions a little bit of like wow I mean you know they're really doing their research and but then I went on to read and he said this he goes um, you might find these somewhat humorous but the thing is that I've never really ever been to church before same with my wife but here's the thing we. We've been hearing this news about your church and to be real honest with you, we're asking some questions about life and purpose and we just really feel drawn to your church. I mean, I was just like taken back on a Saturday night. I mean, what, what a great reminder of what we do every single Sunday. And then I remembered... I'm preaching about hell tomorrow, like it was the hell message, you know. It's like, I mean, you pull that out maybe once a year, and it's just like, no, don't come for that one. And so, you know, I didn't say anything, and I answered their questions. Well, the next day, I mean, I think we had finished the second service or something, and here comes this young couple down the aisle afterwards, and I'm thinking, I bet that's Joel and Megan. And sure enough, he comes walking up, and he says, hey, my name's Joel, and I'm Megan. I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, you need to know we don't talk about hell every Sunday, I promise. (laughs) And uh, he says, no, well, I was talking with him on the phone this past week. I, w- I wanted permission to share his story today. And, and we started laughing about the fact that on their very first Sunday we were talking about hell. And he said, you know, he said, God wanted me there. He said, not only for that message, but it was a song the band sang afterwards and the scripture that was up on the screen. He said, my wife and I, we, we love what's happening at Genesis. And uh, I, I just, I gave thanks. I, I had tears in my eyes this past week. I said, God, thank you that we're reaching some Joels and some Megans, you know, that that's a part of the work that you're doing in this church. And, you know, again, because we're not only celebrating, you know, those who are coming, but get this, we're celebrating 98 people baptized through our church in the last two years. I mean, can, I mean, can we just celebrate? I mean, 98 people. I mean, that, that, that's 98 individuals. I mean, that, that those are students. Those are kids whose lives have been radically changed forever. And those are just the stories we know about. I mean, you know some stories that I don't know. They've been shared in your connection group about, you know, lives being transformed or or hope that's been discovered. You know, some people will say, well, come on, Paul. I mean, it's not about the numbers. It is about the numbers. I mean, when your mission is helping people find their way back to God, it is about the numbers because every number represents a person and a soul, and a family, and a school. I mean, you know, those numbers, and they mean something to our God too. I mean, read Luke 15 for yourself. Jesus told three stories in a row on purpose. He told the story of the lost sheep. He told the story of the lost coin. And he's told the story of the lost son. And each story is about something that is lost, an owner that is frantically searching or anxiously awaiting the ter- return of something that is so valuable. And Jesus told those stories as a way of saying, that's what my father is like. And that's what he's called us to be in the church that he's called us to. It's the God of First John chapter four verses nine and ten, which says, "This is how God showed his love among us: He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins." Man,
1: that's so cool. I'm so glad to be part of a church that is passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Can we just give God a shout of praise for the work he's doing through people here at this Church? And so, and yeah, great work through people, uh, also through your giving. I mean, I just want to talk about that for a minute. We already mentioned that you as a church gave $540,000 over and above regular offerings over the past two years, 748 days, give or take. We want to make sure that you get a glimpse of some of the things that those funds have enabled us to do as a church. And so, you know, whenever you enter a mission expansion project like NEXT, it always has to be about the mission. You know, it always has to be about the vision that God has for your church. You know, in our case, it's got to be about helping people find their way back to God. And if you remember from two years ago, Paul, I'm sure you remember, you went to every connection group and talked about the need to expand this building, to build it out, to make the best like use. I gained like 15 pounds. Yeah, eating like all, it, the, all the, the nachos desserts. and cheesy potatoes that right. people made for you. Uh, and so, and, and, and you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You guys know that. And I know that. My dad taught me when I was very young that money doesn't grow on trees. And so we asked uh, everybody here in this church to make a financial commitment. And, and you guys committed 87 families at that time, May 2010, pledged uh, $410,000 over the next two years uh, to be given to the next campaign. And, and, and this year, earlier in March, we asked you again to step up again and give uh, for the Carmel campus. And in one weekend on March 4th, you gave $120,000 on one weekend to help us start our Carmel campus. And it's incredible. And so over the past two years, uh, plus a little bit, over the past 748 days, we've not just had the original 87 families that have contributed to Next. We've had 189 families mm-hmm. contribute. And it's not just been the $410,000 that was promised, all told $540,000 over and above your regular giving. And so that's just something to be thankful for, something to celebrate today. And, and that, that's, that's awesome. It just doesn't happen. Now, so where did these gifts come from? Well, they came from you, from your generosity, from from your faith in God, you know, from your generous hearts. But it came from beyond Genesis, too. You know, these gifts came from uh, grants from people like the Center for Congregations in Indianapolis who are just so behind what we're doing. They gave us some money to help us get our second campus started. It came from the New Thing Network, which is a group out of Chicago that we've affiliated ourselves with that is uh, uh, about promoting multi-site churches and helping multi-site churches network with one another to figure out how to do things right. And, And they gave us a grant unexpectedly to help us fund this campus. It came from other ministry partners that have just been so generous And even from other churches like Grace Community Church, our partner down in Noblesville, who gave us $10,000 recently to help with our Carmel campus just to say, hey, we're behind you guys. We believe in what your church is doing 100%. You know, we want to partner with churches like Grace and Bridgeway and other churches to help reach people in Hamilton County. You know, so we've expanded this facility. You know, we've purchased needed equipment. We're getting ready to start a second campus. Did I mention that? Like next (laughs) week, we're going to be having church at another campus. But do you know what? through all of this, we haven't taken a single cent in debt to make that happen. And that's because of your generosity. And I think that's something to be praised for too.
0: Let's
1: just give God a shout of praise for that.
0: You know, there's a great verse in Acts chapter 1 that sort of lays out a strategic plan for the church, a a strategic plan of sorts that Jesus gave to the first church. And we've sort of adopted this strategic plan, again, as it lays out a local mission, sort of a regional mission, and then a national mission. And, And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, here's what Jesus said He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And again, you know, we've sort of taken this position here both locally and regionally and nationally as we believe that we're called to help people find their way back to God in Noblesville and Carmel and places like Sheridan and Fishers, but then in Indianapolis and beyond the state of Indiana and into places like Haiti. And so that's why we're excited to partner with Nehemiah Vision Ministries out of Haiti. And not only do we support them monthly financially, but we're sending people there. We've sent something like over 40 people there on short-term mission projects in the last two years, but, but it hasn't been just the short-term mission projects. We've sent some people on some longer trips, uh, people like Brandon and Katie Hutchins, which just happened to be here today. Brandon and Katie, will you stand again for us? Brandon and Katie, you're back from Haiti. And we're so grateful for these two because they left everything. They set aside everything and made a one-year commitment to go and serve in Chambron, Haiti. Well, they're nine months into their one-year commitment and they've agreed now to a second year. And so they're going to be... Does your family know that? Because I know they're sitting here. I think they don't don't bring that. But anyway, you know, we're excited about that for them because we get to be a part of that and to see the work that God's doing in their life. And not only with Brandon and Katie, but David and Carrie Hartman who leave next week as they're going full-time to serve with the Muslim people in Southeast Asia. I mean, we're grateful that our student teams have had the opportunity to go these past couple of years and serve in Cranks Creek, Kentucky, and to be able to support financially our former pastor, Jeff Smith, as he has planted Genesis Church in West Plains, Missouri. And so we get to be a part of that too. And and we continue looking for ways to support our local schools with the things like the Backpack Drive, and to be really involved in this community with things like Faith, Hope, and Love, and the Bethel Lutheran food pantry again as steve has already mentioned and maybe you saw today we've made a commitment we're packing food bags we're packing meals with kids against hunger friends we've got to get thirty thousand meals packed today and so when you're done here will you please go give some of your time you know so we can get these meals ready because they're going to stay here and they're going to go to places like haiti too and and we've been able to give financially to the earthquake relief in japan Uh, We were able to give to the tornado uh, relief and recovery in Henryville, Indiana, you know, just a few months ago. I mean, we've helped multiple people from our church with financial needs and people in our community that don't even go to this church with resources and with things like crisis counseling. This is who we are. Like this is the church that we're becoming. I mean, people on mission, a church on mission. I mean, we are not satisfied to simply be fans of Jesus, but we will be followers of Jesus Christ. And we believe that's the life that he's called us to. I I was with a group of people, mostly pastors just recently, And there was one guy there, and he was from Texas, and we got to talking, and he was asking about Genesis Church, and he just said, hey, just tell me a little bit about your church. And so, you know, I was like, well, I mean, you know, we're in Noblesville, and it's on the north side, and we meet in a warehouse, which is kind of cool, and it's kind of a come-as-you-are place, and we've got about six or 700 people coming or so. And and I just kind of left it at that. I mean, I wasn't minimizing it, but... I mean, I guess that's all I had to say in that moment, and, and a friend of mine just kind of stepped in as he was overhearing the conversation. Uh, his name's Jay Hyde. He's the pastor and director of Shepherd Community in Indy, and he said no. Um, and he looked at this guy, he said, you need to understand what's happening at this church. He said, they, they're doing some incredible things on the north side. They're growing like crazy. They've got this great facility, but, but here's the really cool thing about the church. They're not known for their building." Like, I mean, they're known for the work that they're doing and the mission that's before them and the people that they're releasing. Josh Candy was with me. I mean, we both, our jaws just kind of dropped. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, we so quickly forget the work that God is doing. And, and it was just so rewarding to hear what one person, an outsider, like our reputation of sorts, <clears throat> of what God is doing through this church. You know, the people that we're reaching, the people that are being empowered here. It's, it's people like uh, Sarah Bosing, Uh, Sarah Bosing just graduated from Anderson University. She called Genesis Church her church for the last few years and just moved home to Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, she was really involved here. She shared with me her story recently. And just just let me read a brief portion of this email. She said, Paul, I hope this finds you doing well. I just wanted to give you a quick update God's story. I I don't know if you remember our last conversation one Sunday at Genesis right after my graduation from Anderson and right before I got in the car to move back home. You had just preached the opening message in the Nehemiah series about ordinary world changers, and one of the points you made is that God, the God who is capable of revealing the what, is more than capable. Of revealing the how. And as we talked, um, you know, I confided that I, I was anxious about life after graduation, was really having trouble trusting that after four years of education, God would fulfill this calling. Now, kind of the back story is that, well, Sarah was a, an organ transplant recipient a, as a teen. And so it was her desire as a nursing grad to go back even to the same children's hospital, Co-Sarah in Louisville, and, and serve on their team. It was just a part of her passion. And she believed that she could share the love of Christ, you know, through many different ways. and, and so she went home well you know she she was sharing this email with me to just say hey god has been putting all of the pieces together i passed my boards i got a job at cosair i am so excited to go and to share the love of jesus now with my new profession and she writes thanks so much for praying for me and for that sunday i just wanted to pass on the good news sending love the genesis from southern indiana can can we just give god a shout of praise for the work that he's doing <laughs> in everyone's life
1: And, of course, with all of that, we can't forget what's probably the most visible sign or, or result of the next mission expansion project, and it's this facility. I mean, this building. Our goal uh, for the building was to maximize its use. And so uh, we've done that. And if you've only recently come to Genesis, you probably can't really appreciate it to the extent that other people can. I mean, uh, this building used to be pretty cold in the winter and pretty hot in the summer. And, and there was kind of a funny smell that came every once in a while. And by every once in a while, I meant, I mean, usually on Sunday it happens. So I, I know uh, Paul says he used to walk into the building and say, man, please don't let the smell be there. Please don't let the smell be there. Oh, no, you know. And so we got a little sewage gas problem that we got cleared for that and that allowed your baby's old cars in the Got model cure, better use, and a better traffic flow. And, and, and because we didn't have enough money to get the work done, I mean, that's, Seems to be a recurring theme, but we didn't have enough money to get the work done. But your volunteer out so so watch all volunteers came, came around to make this happen. And, and not only do we have usable space now for gin kids, but for our growing student ministry. And for, it's cool to hear them shout yeah. uh, over there, <laughs> they're having shouts of praise over there. I bet they just hit a, a milestone maybe 10,000 meals, so that's cool. Um, so it's great to hear that from this side of the wall, but it's cool to have a places for. Uh, classes like starting point financial peace university and, and network places that they can meet right here in the church we've got groups use, asking to use the building throughout the week which i never when we moved in here i would have never imagined anybody would want to use this building we have people wanting to get married here now believe it or we have <laughs> we have people getting married in this building can you believe that and so but let's not forget or overlook that we now have two locations you know one right here in noblesville and one in carmel i mean god has gifted us with a great meeting place for our carmel campus And over the last six months, you guys have given collectively over 900 hours of volunteer work to make that possible, to make that campus possible. And that doesn't even include the work that was done yesterday. It's probably gone over 1,000. And so uh, great things are coming to that campus. And I love to see the work being done by volunteers. I think that's important. But just as important or more important is the relationships that are being built among the volunteers. Just recently, I was talking to a friend of mine who just got back from a motorcycle trip. You know, he he goes here to Genesis and got back from a motorcycle trip. And and he was saying, I went with this guy and this guy. And and he started naming people off and they were all from Genesis. And I I said, well, how did you guys even get to know each other? Well, we were all working down at Carmel together and we found out that we all like motorcycles. And so we planned this trip and, and all of a sudden five, six of them are going down to Tennessee on this motorcycle trip. And it's just incredible to see the relationships that are built. We can't plan events that cause those kind of relationships to happen, but God can you know, and so God has done that through relationships at our church, but he's also used those relationships to help give us two fantastic facilities to meet in. So can we just stop and give God a shout of praise for two great locations?
0: I mean, again, it just, it never gets old to think about the people that have come. Uh, The people that are still coming and and just the church that God has been assembling here with with every single one of you, uh, with all of us. It's it's exciting to think about the giving and how, how so many of you, how you've sacrificed and you delayed vacations or you redirected bonuses because you wanted to give to something, you know, maybe even greater. I mean, we talk about the missions and outreach and I mean, I mean, we have no idea you know, how some change has taken place, the the change that has taken place in people's lives in places like Haiti or Indianapolis or even right here in our own community, you know, through your time and through your giving and in this facility. I mean, I am so grateful You know, that we have this place that we can meet in every single week, that we can grow in, and the work that's being done here today, and not only here, but all of the great things that are to come with our Carmel facility, and who knows what God has in mind for us uh, in the future. But can I just tell you something? And I know that this just so quickly happens, and I'm not saying that it happens here, but I think we're all guilty of this from time to time. It's not about a building. I mean, our church and I feel really confident about saying this, is not defined or limited to a building or facility as grateful as we are for these things. And the reason why that is so true is because our God isn't either. He's not limited to this building. He's not limited to one hour on a Sunday morning. Um, in Acts chapter 7, verse 48... Kind of part of where that 748 thing comes from. That's a great coincidence. Uh, Stephen uh, was before the Sanhedrin with these great words that there's one verse that just emerged out uh, out of this chapter for us today, 748, where he says, However, the Most High, he's talking about God here, does not live in houses made by human hands, as the prophets say. And this verse just reminds us that it's not about the building. Our God is not about a building. He's not about one structure. You know, when, when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, um, God's presence, well, when He died, God's presence left the temple because He didn't need to be there anymore. I mean, he, he lives in His people today. He lives in people like you and me, people that surrender their hearts, people who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says it this way. He says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Let that sink in for a second. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God lives inside of you. That means that every interaction, every class that you take, every board meeting at work, you know, every backyard and front yard conversation that you might have in, with the neighbor, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God is in you. Your Genesis church and everything you do and and you're a big part of the work that God has been doing in this place as we bring hope you know to this community and as we begin to extend hope beyond this place as we help people find their way back to God it's like in people like Deb and and Deb goes to Genesis and, and I was talking with her this about this this past week and well another email again just another way that one person from Genesis is living this out here's what she writes she said paul i just had to email you today When you stopped to talk with me yesterday after the service at the Info Hub, and my phone rang, it was my mom, she called to tell me that my dad had gone to church that morning, and then she writes, Son Stand Still. Now, if you were here in January, we did this little two part series about prayer, about praying God sized sort of prayers. Well, this has been Deb's Prayer. God. I need my dad to go to church. He doesn't go to church. And so she's saying that. And she says, that's been my prayer, or at least part of it. My sister and I have had many conversations over the years that we felt it almost impossible for my dad to know Jesus Christ. I guess mainly because he has never been inside of a church except for weddings and funerals, and he has been so vocal against God in any shape or form. Anyway, she writes, this is a major step. Please be in prayer for my dad. His name is Carl. And then she writes this. They live in Fort Wayne. Even more remarkable, the church he attended yesterday is a brand new church plant. It was the first service at their new location and it is next door to my parents' home. This is all so unbelievable. This is so God amazing. Now, there are a couple of things that just really touch me about this story. The first is that she's been praying the prayer. That she's been praying, God, will you work in my dad's heart to go to church To know Jesus Christ And God is answering that prayer And I just want to remind you this morning That you know what There is no prayer that is too big for our God And uh, if you've been praying a prayer Or given up on praying a prayer Be encouraged this morning By Deb's story for us today But here's the other fascinating thing About this story to me Here's a woman Who's been praying for her dad In another city to go to church To find a church And he has And do you know what There are people outside of our community that are praying right now for their sons or their daughters or this couple or a kid or a student to find a church. And here's what's going to happen. Sometime in the next couple of years, they're going to step foot and they're going to walk through this door or they're going to step foot and they're going to walk through a door in Carmel and everything is going to change forever. I have a friend who's a pastor right now in Chicago And every time I get with him He tells me, you know Paul I have a friend who lives in Noblesville And I pray for him to step foot To walk through the doors of your church Because he doesn't have one As we get ready to launch our second campus Our second location in Carmel There are people that God already has in mind And he is working And he is going to draw them to himself Through you, through Genesis The same is true for here in Noblesville too here's kind of how we want to wrap up today. And, um, and this may seem a little awkward, but we're going to do it anyway. So uh, if you're going to go and be a part of our Genesis Carmel team, uh, you're going to make that your primary place of worship. Will you just stand right now? Will you just stand for a moment uh, with us and just remain standing, all right? We, we just want to see. Will you give these folks a hand for a second? Will you just, we just appreciate them for going to be a part of this. I'm going to, I'm going to stand too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. You should stand, stand too. And, and just keep standing for a second. I believe with all of my heart that God is going to do great things through you. I mean, he has in mind for you to be a part of this team. I mean, he, he has picked you. He, he's got people in your life that you're going to reach, you know, through your role and your participation. But, but here's the thing. We were, we were going to pray right now just for our, our Carmel team, but we've, we, we kind of decided against that. In fact, here's what we're going to do because this is about all of us and not just the work that God wants to do in Carmel, but the work that he still has in mind for this place. Mm-hmm. If you call Genesis Church your church, will you just stand with us? Can we just all stand together?
1: Yeah, we thought it would be a wasted opportunity to, to, to just send the people from Carmel on mission because here's what's going to happen is next week, this becomes a new campus. I mean, really, there's 120 people or so that are going to Carmel and there's going to be empty seats here. There's going to be empty volunteer slots to fill. There's going to be people who are going to come through those doors who didn't have room before. There's going to be people who are here in this church today that have never served, that realize they now have an opportunity to step up and serve. And I'm so excited for that. There are going to be people who have never given that now realize there's a need that are going to step up and give. And, and as neat as it would be for me to have our team that's going to Carmel uh, get blessed and sent on a mission, I am just as excited for the work that God's going to do right here in Noblesville. I mean, we're going to have one church in two locations, and both of those locations are going to be like starting over. And so I'm excited for what God's going to do right here in Noblesville. And so uh, Paul's going to pray yeah. uh, for our Carmel people, yeah. and then and then, pray. And then I'll pray.